Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the fifth day of January in the year of our Lord, 2024. This report will discuss how a group of unelected billionaires and the politicians and global organizations they own have supplanted national governments along with their constitutions and justice systems by cleverly using their vast wealth to destroy Western civilization and the ideas of individual liberty, thereby moving the world toward more and more authoritarian control, obviously. I can't discuss or even remember all the things that happened last year, but at the risk of criticism for reporting only the bad news, I will present as realistic a picture of 2023 and the final billionaire conquest of the Western world as I am able, by the way. The reason I report mostly bad news is that the news is mostly bad. However, I admit that's just my opinion. The trend that continued from 2019 through 2023 was the leftover effects of the COVID PSYOP. I see many people now, including those in government, who admit it was all just a PSYOP, although they would never use that term. The world's was going along just fine, but then a group of madmen, apparently led by the science himself, Dr. Anthony Fauci, decided to release on the world a virus which they weaponized to make it more virulent, more infectious. According to the work of Dr. Naomi Wolf, who examined the Pfizer documents using a team of 3,500 professionals, it was nothing less than an attack on humanity and an attack on the ability of humans to reproduce for the billionaire's insane depopulation agenda. We were conditioned to believe that things would return to normal in 2023 so that all the things resulting from the PSYOP would seem normal. Instead of normal, things got progressively worse. Now tyranny is so ingrained in our system that we do accept it as normal. The show trials and show indictments of thought criminals like Alex Jones and Donald Trump tell us that we should not even expect the rule of law to apply. We shouldn't even expect it anymore. What some prosecutor thinks about you is now enough for a criminal indictment. Anyone who questions authority is now guilty of misinformation or disinformation, and we are told that such speech must be combated not by historians, but by those in authority. Prosecutors want to fully prosecute all dissenting enemies of the authoritarian state, but at the same time, the prosecutors choose to overlook violent crime and its violent criminals, which is turning the cities of America into dangerous, fearful places in this age of controlled media, what one thinks or says is far more important than what one does. This is at least in part the result of wealth concentration in the hands of a few. I'm not talking about people who have a nice home in the suburbs, but people who control wealth so vast it exceeds the finances of many countries. For example, six mega corporations now control 90% of all U.S. media. That means that the boards of directors led by one person acting as chairman control everything the average person sees, hears, and reads. It's no wonder that people accept as gospel everything that comes out of the corrupt authority that controls information. Wealth concentration brings information control. And with that control, the voices of dissenting people are silenced. The monopolies and interlocking directorships of a handful of enormously rich people put control 
in just a few hands, and those hands work together to control humanity. Even old enemies, old competitors like Pepsi and Coca-Cola are so interconnected, they're no longer competitors but simply players in the same rigged game. The ultra-rich, the billionaire elite, <coughs> are behind many, if not most, of the ills currently playing the West in general, America specifically, from woke lunacy and gender insanity to lockdowns and unnecessary wars. So argues best-selling author Hane Herland in her new book, The Billionaire World. She traces the world's major problems back to the billionaire elite and their use of Marxist repression and social engineering. She makes a compelling argument. I highly recommend her book to you. For example, the six corporations that control 90% of the media are just one of her points of evidence, but also the richest one-tenth of one percent account for 40% of all political campaign contributions, so they control not only the media, but the political process, and with it, the justice system, so that the law is simply a weapon to be used to subdue the enemies of those the billionaire elite prefer to have in power. There are a few reasons to think that 2023 was the year in which the culture started to turn against the woke insanity. Woke movies continue to fail at the box office. Bud Light, Target, and Disney continue to feel the weight of the public's ire at their disrespect for their customers. We must also consider the plight of Harvard's now former president, Claudine Gay. She was forced to resign the presidency of Harvard, not because of her many examples of plagiarism, and the very documents that made her president, not because she was professionally unqualified for the job, but because she would not say publicly that hatred for and attempted murder of her Jewish students was wrong and should not be tolerated at Harvard. It turns out, however, that the Jewish-Israeli lobby is more powerful than the diversity, equity, and inclusion lobby, as Dr. Gay found out. Claudine Gay, forced out at Harvard, along with many other such anti-woke events was simply a rear-guard action by people fighting to keep things as they are. Rear-guard actions are typically battles by a smaller force dispatched to cover the retreat of the main body. The main body, in our case, is still in retreat, however. So we will have to wait to see if it survives the battle. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the rear-guard action because the woke army wants to overturn and destroy the entire culture, just as did the Jacobins in revolutionary France, the Bolsheviks in Russia, and the Red Guards in China. Their thinking completely permeates the West. Therefore, they are potentially as dangerous as the groups I just mentioned. They share certain philosophies with the groups I mentioned, such as a virulent hatred of free speech, free thought, free markets, and Western traditions further. The destruction of the things they hate, they have weaponized gender, race, and law. They are puritanical in their insistence upon strict adherence to their ideology. They are not only humorless, but anti-humor. They portray themselves as the future, but in reality, they are just repackaged versions of Marx, Lenin, Stalin, and Hitler. They seem to hate humanity because they are in league with those who seek its destruction. They're also dishonest with an arrogant sense of entitlement. Look as examples at the case uh, the presence of Harvard, Penn, and MIT. They were all shameful embarrassments, and the fact that they were elevated to such positions 
demonstrates how serious the rot in the system is. When Claudine Gay, the former president of Harvard, resigned, she could think of no other reason for her troubles than racism, not her plagiarism, not her racism directed toward Jews or the fact that she was unqualified, but racism, she alleges, was directed toward her. That's what I mean by a sense of entitlement. These people, those who support their aberrations, have deeply ingrained psychological spiritual defects in their makeup. Those defects tell you a little bit about who controls academia, finance, entertainment, and media, but they also completely dominate the political bureaucratic apparatus of state power, which means the law is on their side. They control it. It's very hard to resist them, especially when those who appear to be resistors don't oppose them. When Bud Light, Target, and Disney make certain changes, it wasn't because of any philosophical difference, but because they value money more than their belief. I mentioned the Jacobins of revolutionary France as sharing certain beliefs and traits with the wokesters of today. The Jacobins, starting in 1789, set out to purge France of its monarchy and its church. Those institutions had controlled France for more than a thousand years. The Jacobins replaced the centralized power of the monarchy, the psychological power of the church, with something whose slogan was liberty, equality, and fraternity. Today, we might call it liberty, equality, and democracy because they wanted the people empowered to make decisions previously made by monarchy and the church. What they found, however, was the same thing we're finding today, and that is that the second two items of the motto make the first item impossible to achieve. That is, that equality and democracy will not permit liberty to exist. The founders of America knew that. That's why they gave us a republic instead of a democracy. People are inherently not equal. There are always people who are stronger, smarter, faster, more charming, more productive than others. Society, if left somewhat alone, will sort itself into some type of hierarchical structure. With the elites on top, the masses at the bottom, the elites are supposed to help the masses by allowing through law and constitution, the formation, writing, and application of the laws which the elite apply equally to all. Ideally, the elites administer justice with sensible law courts rather than lynch mobs. The elites conduct training in universities and in trade schools. They make the, trial, the trains run on time. Elites have the power. Power corrupts both the mind and the morals. In a modern, powerful empire, the elites have acquired so much power that corruption, cheating, stealing by those who have power to keep and expand it and by those who seek it is inevitable. The elites, through their total control of information, turn enough of the population into accomplices to keep them in power, those who matter in money. For example, we have to build weapons to the tune of $120 billion worth, give them all to Ukraine, or no American will ever be safe. I suppose that most people fail to realize that a portion of that money, their tax money, forcibly extracted from them, a portion of it is skimmed off by the elite in Ukraine, but the bulk goes to the elite arms makers right here in America to keep their stockholders and their corporate office holders happy. Myths need believers, folks, and to perpetuate the myths, we are people, we the people in the U.S. empire must be kept in line. 
Through elite control of virtually all institutions, we are expected to believe and perpetuate the myths, or we might be purveyors of misinformation, otherwise known as the truth. Or worst, we could be believers in conspiracy theories, the war on terror, the war on drugs, the war on poverty, all have to be believed if we are to be kept in line. Terrorists threaten us every day. We must fight them. We must fight them here and abroad or they will kill us all. Never mind the violent criminals who inhabit your cities preying on the innocent. They're just an illusion created by your own racism. Genocidal globalists weaponized migration, weaponized socialization of children, sexualization of children, destruction of identity through isolation, Language, family, culture are all part of the elite's tactics of keeping us in line. Climate alarmism to the point of hysteria is part of the global elite's plan to destroy all individual freedom. Now our elite believers and our betters tell us that it is actually our breathing, our own breathing, that is changing the climate. And unless all but about one billion of us stop breathing, the planet is doomed. Please keep in mind that the elite have no intention of sacrificing any of the rights and privileges they demand that we sacrifice. Have no children to save the planet. Stop eating meat to save the planet. Stop farming to save the planet. Now, die, all of you, except 10% of you, to save the planet. Not us, just you. Once again, these are myths created in the myth factories of the global ruling elite. I wonder... If those like George Soros and Bill Gates and their ilk actually believe any of the woke nonsense they expect us to obey, no, folks, they don't believe it because it's simply a means to an end. They are using unscientific climate alarmism and panic to steal your freedom and ruin your life. Don't believe their lies. Don't comply with their lives because your freedom and your very lives are at stake. In conclusion, folks, Perhaps next week we can look at the wars, wars in Ukraine and Gaza, as well as what is likely to happen in 2024 here in America and around the world. Finally, folks, I close this Castle Report with a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Quote, unlimited power in the hands of limited people always leads to cruelty, end quote. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.